Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. Have you ever heard the saying that the profit is not made when you make the sale, but it's actually made when you make the purchase? And that might sound counterintuitive, sort of crazy, but a lot of successful people, even Warren Buffett and some rock stars in investing have said this quote, but when you really think about it, anyone can sell something, get lucky and make some profit. However, it takes a real skill in being able to identify when something is undervalued. So the profit is made in the purchase. Wouldn't it be awesome if you were 100% sure you absolutely knew that something was worth more than what you're purchasing it for? This is called an arbitrage, and that is what we're going to take a look at today. Now, an arbitrage is just a very fancy big word that a lot of people don't even regularly use in their day-to-day speaking. However, a dictionary definition, or at least the Investopedia definition, is an arbitrage is the simultaneous purchase and sale of the same asset in different markets in order to make a tiny profit from the different in the assets list price. So that is just a long way of saying that it is seeing something being sold for extremely cheap and you know that it's undervalued and immediately you can sell it for a profit. I remember a few years ago watching a special on this young guy who made an entire business off of going to Walmart and buying clearance items and then turning around and listing them on Amazon. He would literally go walk through Walmart, look at all the clearance sections, everything that was on sale with his phone open and he's looking at the prices for what things were selling on Amazon. He would scoop up all of them and then he would just list them for sale. And sometimes he would even start to make some sales before he sorted out all his day shopping. So why would people do this? It's because everyone's already shopping at Amazon. They know it's quick, easy, convenient. People don't really price compare or shop around. They just order it from Amazon and things go quickly. Now, when they're actually surfing through and buying from sellers, it's not being shipped directly from Amazon, but most people don't even pay attention to all that. They don't really care as long as that they're just getting it from Amazon. That's where they do all their shopping. And this is how he was able to build that huge business. Sure, people could have went to Walmart and got it on clearance, but as we know that inventory and sales and different things are very regional, so something might be not selling in my town, however it is selling in your town, so it will be in clearance on my town, and that's how he built this entire business. Now, what does this have to do with you and NFTs and everything? I'll actually give a few examples and then bring it over into Web3, into cryptocurrencies and NFTs. And there's two times that I can think of that I was being able to uh, make a profit off an arbitrage. And the first time was when I was in college. Anyone that has ever been on a college campus, depending what food services company you have, they basically have a monopoly on the campus. So they charge ridiculous prices. And I remember they were selling Arizona iced teas with the 99 cent label on there printed directly on the can. They were selling them for $3 and change, almost $4. And this is all the way back in the early to mid 2000s. So who knows what they'd be doing now. But this is just a major company that did a lot of campuses and it was a huge issue. So because of this, I saw that there was an opportunity to simply go down the road to the grocery store or to Sam's Club and then just come back on campus and sell everything for literally half the price. But I was able to make a huge profit on it at the same time. I didn't have to keep inventory and it was literally just cycling through. People could have easily went off campus right down the road and got it. But because I was right there with those things, I was able to make that spread. And another time is uh, locally down here in Jamaica, as far as online banking, e-commerce, etc. 
exchange rates and all of that stuff, the fees are just very expensive. The, depending which country you're in, you think that the banks are printing money. Well, you should see the Jamaican banking system. They're making money out of thin air. It's ridiculous how much profit they're generating. And one of the ways is all the fees that they charge for everything. They even try to make a fee for a business that was trying to get changed, like cents and dollars and what have you. So you'd have to order it from the day before and they would take a percentage of it. And after doing that for a while, even the government had to stop in and say, that's ridiculous. You're a bank. You can't charge someone to make change. Needless to say, there is all sorts of arbitrage and opportunities to make profits by basically giving a fair price. And one of the ways I was able to do that was with this website that I put together, which enabled people to send groceries and such to uh, people locally. And people wondered, how was I able to do that without offering a fee? The exact money that was being sent was what was being processed at the grocery store. There was an arbitrage in the sense that when I was doing that, two things. One, I was not processing it using those uh, horrible banks that were charging the ridiculous fees. And the second thing is a grocery store has a local exchange rate that is actually different than the bank. So when the local grocery store sets a rate based off of uh, what the bank is, there is actually a spread. Just using simple numbers, if $100 was sent, $100 worth of groceries in the exchange rate locally could be purchased. And how is that profitable? It's an arbitrage. As I said, the banks locally are just charging ridiculous fees. So being able to figure that out, it's just an easy way to make a spread on it. You're not making a killing, but you're offering a service for quote unquote free because you're just able to uh, fill that gap. And that gap is what's going to pay for the overhead expense. Now, let's bring this over into Web3. When you're purchasing, let's say uh, your ETH or whatever cryptocurrency it is, when you first put your money onto the exchange, I'm assuming that you're going to a Coinbase or a Binance or one of these major centralized exchanges. And how that actually happens, you load up usually in US dollars. And when you go to make the purchase of whatever crypto it is, Sol, ETH, WaxP, anything, you can actually see the various different quotations and the prices. And either you can purchase it in, say, USDT, USDC, BUSD, or any of these other stable coins before you go into whatever particular cryptocurrency it is. And you can see there's different prices, the actual dollar, the fiat currency conversion, then there is the all those other stablecoin conversions. And a lot of the time, you can notice that if you switch your US dollar into one of the other stablecoins, and then make the purchase of the ETH or whatever it might be, you can actually make a profit, quote unquote, and that is an arbitrage. At the same time, you're making that conversion, although it has the same value, one US dollar, one USDT, one USDC, one BUSD, they're all worth one US dollar. However, swapping from one to the other, sometimes you can make a very small profit. And when you're doing this with just a few dollars, it's not even worth the hassle. However, if it is a large transaction, you can find that this actually does save you money and you're able to make a profit, if you will, on the conversion. And if you do this at scale, let's say you're a big institution, you have millions of dollars or whatever it might be, you can literally make a business model off of this. So the average person that's probably listening to this at where they are at their journey uh, with crypto right now and their business model might not be operating in the millions, but it's just showing you that there is an opportunity with arbitrages all around us. And the one that we could see probably the most and the easiest to see is the arbitrage and NFTs. And how this actually happens is each of these marketplaces, of course, this is a decentralized world that we're operating in. Each of them will have their own floor price. So for example, just going over to ETH, because that's just where most of the attention is right now. Then I'll go over to Solano. If something is listed on 
OpenSea, LooksRare, and all the other platforms, you'll see each of them has a different floor price. Most people tend to just look at to see what's going on OpenSea. But let's say a lot of activity for a particular project happens and those sale prices and the volume and everything is moving really fast on OpenSea, while the other platforms where they're moving slower, people might not adjust those prices. So let's say a Twitter space happened or some great news, some alpha was released, and everyone on OpenSea unlists their their current prices and then they relist it for 10, 15, 20% more, you'll notice a lot of the time there is a delay on the other markets. So there's actually a spread and that gives the arbitrage opportunity. Again, just using simple numbers, let's say something is on looks rare for one ETH and it's listed on OpenSea for one ETH as well. Twitter space breaks, some news happens that there's going to be an airdrop, some coins, some land released, whatever it might be. And all of a sudden, Everyone unlist on OpenSea because that's where they're going to respond to quicker and everything goes up to 1.5 ETH. If you go over to LooksRare, you might see that most of the people have not unlisted and they're still for sale at 1 ETH. So if you purchase it on LooksRare for that 1 ETH, you can go back to OpenSea and you can list it for that 1.5 and right there, there is that arbitrage. And I know... That is a huge spread, 50%. It's possible, but I just use that for simple numbers so you can see. But one market updating its price before another market just opens up that opportunity. And this is something that happens uh, very frequently. And even in the stock exchanges, there's the Canadian Stock Exchange, London Stock Exchange, and the US Stock Exchange. And uh, some of these companies actually list on multiple exchanges. So some people actually even uh, go on the market and they'll see what it's selling for in Toronto, and then they'll relist it, the asset for sale on the New York Stock Exchange or whatever it might be. It's just pretty interesting to see And when I first got into finance, don't quote me on this one, but I want to think that the one that I was seeing a lot of people doing this with was RIM. At the time, those were the, uh, that was a company that was making the BlackBerry. And uh, those of us of a certain age (laughs) that were in the college or high school during the uh, early and mid 2000s before the iPhone just took over the world, the BlackBerry was the king of quote unquote smartphones. And as far as uh, that company was listed on two markets, and I used to watch these financial shows on CNBC, and they were actually showing the different price between the two markets. And you could actually see how someone could make a profit by simply operating on two markets. But let's get back to the whole NFT thing. Another place with Solano, Magic Eden, Solon Arts, Soulsea, And now that it's on OpenSea, you can definitely are going to see some opportunity where there are spreads as far as what's going on each of these. The news will not travel to all of them at the same time because remember, we're dealing with people and let's say it's a 10,000 collection. What are the odds that all 10,000 hear the news at the exact same time? It's pretty slim. So even if just one or 2% did not hear it and they have their sale uh, thing for uh, for sale, they're not going to update the price. So those are just opportunities where you can go, you can hop from one market to the other, and there you go. So in the grand scheme of things, what does this mean for people that are just looking around and shopping around and looking at things? Is that understanding that there are opportunities and it's not necessarily going to be that huge example that I use from 1 ETH to 1.5, 50% spike, but there might be some smaller movements and smaller spreads, the floor on one marketplace to the other. If you just shop around and you look around, you'll definitely see that there's spreads, there's uh, opportunities to make a good purchase by just looking at various places.
Hopefully you found that interesting. Just mixing it up a little bit, throwing in some variety. And in case you're interested in uh, various stories and different angles of looking at things, that is one of the reasons why I released the Nifty Business Week. And that is a free newsletter that comes out on Thursday. So it'll be coming out tomorrow. And if you go to niftybusinessweek.com, you can see various stories, some articles and some things that I might not cover in full in this show. So that is just another place that you can get some valuable information. And hopefully you found that interesting. And for signing up for that, you can actually get a free NFT. If you have a Wax wallet, just reply with that address and I'll airdrop you something for free. So as usual, I want to thank you for listening to this and I look forward to us learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.